everyone. Welcome back to the Love Love Podcast. I'm Megan Johnson. And I'm Danae Osted. Uh, this is round two of our conversation about breaking the good girl myth. This week we talked about logic and we talked about perfection. So if either one of those things affect you, you'll definitely want to stay tuned and listen up for more on the Love Up Podcast. Oh boy, I am ready. I think I'm ready for today's conversation, um, but I feel like it's going to hit real hard. <laughs> Good. Good. That's the whole point of this is to like put up a mirror to ourselves, right? I, I love doing things like this because it increases your self-awareness so much and your idea of who you are and how you view the world. And it makes you so much more conscious about just like how you go through your everyday life. So I know it's painful. And one of these is, is in my top three as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. <laughs> so this is round two of our conversation about break the good girl myth. Mm-hmm. If you didn't listen to the last episode, you should go back and do that. Um, but the good girl myths are basically all of the different things that we follow that kind of keep us um, in line with the subconscious programming we have to act a certain way for other people's approval. So today, uh, round two, we're going to talk about the myth of perfection and the, the myth of logic. And these are all based on the book of Break the Good Girl Myth by Maho Molfino. So go pick up, pick up the book. There's an assessment in there and you can find out what myths you rank for as well. But uh, like Danae said, go back and listen to that first episode because we give you all the background um, and kind of a great intro to that as well. But um, really excited for Danae to walk us through these two perfection and logic myths because they're my top two. Yay. <laughs> So perfection, perfection is one of my top three, uh, but it's not the number, it's not the number one, the number one we're going to talk about in the next episode, but this one is, is certainly one that shows it for me. So let's talk about perfection. Okay. So the myth of perfection sounds like, uh, I must perform at a high level in all areas of my life without breaking a sweat. Mm, Megan's face right now is killing me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This looks like the tendency to demand perfection in ourselves and others instead of embracing the stakes and the reality of how things are. The main strategy for approval here is being the best at everything and better than others. Uh, The powers you give up by embracing this myth are your creative confidence, vulnerability, and authenticity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's, let's hop in here. And I, I, like, I, I struggle with this one too. So, um, oh my God, I could give so many examples about this one in particular, but Megan, this one definitely shows up for you. So, so tell us about it. Yeah. I think the hardest piece about this is I get really upset of my expectation of others Yeah, because it's not fair. It's not healthy. It's not good for my relationships. It sets myself up for disappointment. So this is, that's one thing I've really, really had to work on because when I wrote my notes down, I said, I must be perfect. My work must be perfect. And also you must be perfect. And uh, that's impossible. And I think I do a really good, I, I think I do. Maybe you can tell me if it's d- different, but the people that I work closely with, obviously Danae and I run this whole shebang together and it's pretty much 50, 50. And we have, we have to communicate all the time about who's doing what and who's going to pick up what piece of what needs to be done. 
Um, but I, I think I do really good when I enter into relationships like this to say, this is how I am. And I'm going to try really, really hard to communicate this really well. Um, because otherwise I sit and, and it festers when somebody doesn't do something very well. And then I just destroy relationships. Historically, I will destroy partnerships or relationships because of my expectations that could never be met. I'm, I'm really glad that you talked about expectations when it comes to this one, because I think that shows up in a couple of ways. First of all, the expectations we have for ourselves and then the expectations we have for other people, because right. perfectionism affects everything. And Cameron and I had a conversation about this this last week because he has um, a man who he's been working with in, in business for a long time. And um, I know that Cameron uh, has huge expectations of people, of, of everybody, of, of his personal relationships, right? It certainly did of me when we, when we started dating, had to knock that down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but specifically, I think that especially if you are the kind of person who cares about other people, it's so easy to not see people as they are, but see people how they could be. Yeah. And in leadership, that's part of our job, right? Is to foresee the potential that somebody has, the skills that'll make them successful and all the things that they could do and all the ways they could be successful instead of looking at, okay, but what have they actually shown me, right? What expectations should I have in place? And we had a pretty intense conversation about it because this person who Cameron's been working with has basically just dropped all communication. They're not coachable. They don't listen to him. They don't do what they say they're going to do. Like they're, they're smart and they're hardworking but they don't really submit to any sort of leadership from Cameron. Like they don't, they don't do what they say they will. And Cameron, yeah. was just livid that this person isn't communicating. They're not showing up when they say they're going to show up. And we had to have a conversation about it because I was like, Cameron, like, are you, are you going off of the expectation that you have set based on what you think they could be or the expectation that they have set by their past behavior? Because if we look at how this person has acted in the past, they have never, right. <laughs> never lived up to the standard that we have set for our team, which is, hey, you show up to training, you do things in the way that we've set out because we know it's compliant, we know it works. Like this person has never been communicative, has never, <laughs> has never done what they say they're going to do. So that should be the expectation we're holding them to is, well, what has this person shown me? That's the expectation, not, well, but they're so smart. Like they're so good at this. Like they could be so awesome. So the awesome is the standard I'm going to hold them to. That's not real. You can only hold people to the standard that they actually show you, right. but we want, we want to give people so much more, right? We want right. to get so much more out of them. So I don't know if that's, is that, is that an expectation that you see in yourself when it comes to working with other people as well? Yeah. And myself. Yeah. Like I know what I could be. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm capable of. And I expect myself, uh, this is the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> I expect myself to at all times operate at my best. Yeah. Yep. Like I know when every, when I am just hitting my sweet spot on everything. And I mean, I'm sleeping enough. I'm eating the right foods. I'm moving my body. I'm, I'm learning and growing my mind in the right way. I feel like I'm having an excellent relationship, super passionate, wonderful, happy marriage. You know, like I just came off of a great weekend and everything's great. And I can just fucking crush. I can be amazing, hyper-productive, <laughs> brilliant ideas. 
uh, when all of the life stars align correctly. And then I expect all of those life stars to align every day. <laughs> and it, it, not possible. And the hard thing for me though is um, the words that we have in there without breaking a sweat, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> I must perform at a high level in all areas of my life without breaking a sweat. Uh, yeah, because then when all the stars don't align, it's really hard for me to like pre like say aloud like they're not aligned. Like, so I'll just like white knuckle and pretend like, no, everything's great. I'm still like crushing and everything's going fine. <laughs> when it's like, I haven't slept and I feel like crap and uh, like a deal's falling apart because somebody dropped the ball, the ball on it or whatever. And uh, that's rough. Uh, but I still expect myself uh, at that high level. And so I think it's double-edged. Truly the myth of per perfection, I think is double-edged. One, it's made me very successful me having really high expectations of self and my team and those around me, uh, I'm not gonna sit around and fool about with somebody in my circle that's a shit show all the time and can't figure out what they're gonna do or what they want or have any expectations of themselves. You just don't get into my inner circle. You're, there's n you're just not gonna get there uh, because I need the positive influence of people operating at a high level. I have to have that in my, in my circle and so i'm for me that's been very positive it's yeah. made me um work harder in ways that i don't think i ever would have if i didn't have high expectations of myself so in that way it's really good but so i i'm grateful for it and i'm i'm holding on to this i'm not going to let it go but i do <laughs> i do need to be more realistic about what expectations i have cuz perfection is impossible it's unattainable. Yeah. It's never happening. Yeah, and the the hard part about this is that because a lot of these messages are sent to us by different kinds of um, culture, whether it's celebrity culture or uh, influencer culture, is a really big one. Uh, and entrepreneurship culture is a big one because a lot of times the standard that we set for ourselves is incredibly high because it's based on something that isn't even real. Like if I look at somebody's Instagram. A lot of times, let's say that they're that they're an entrepreneur at a high level, right? I look at somebody's Instagram and it is incredibly deceptive, incredibly right. deceptive because a lot of the times they'll make it look intentionally or not like everything came easy to them. Mm -hmm. Like they are wildly successful and it mm -hmm. was easy and it was quick and they never dealt with any adversity and they make it look easy and they make it look like they are that way in every part of their lives. Like right. parenting is easy. Like they just get to travel all the time. They have a beautiful home. Their finances are perfect. And the reality is that most of those things are bullshit. It's total right. bullshit. Like that's, right. it's you know, not I'm, human. It's, it's not, and it's not, you know, I've seen probably a thousand people's finances at this point. Maybe I'll have to run the numbers at some point, but I've seen a lot of people's finances, right? And people who on the outside, you would think have it all together. And that's not even the case because a lot of the times people have lifestyles fueled by things you don't even understand. So a lot of the times you have people that, that lives are fueled by debt or fueled by money from their parents, or they're, they're living a lifestyle way outside of their means. Like you have no idea what's actually going on in somebody's life. And when it's in somebody's business, specifically, if you're looking at entrepreneurship, like 
again, there's this illusion that everything is going to be quick and easy and straightforward. And it's not that way for very many people, right. you know, within my own firm, right? The people who are the most successful actually aren't the people necessarily who saw immediate success. They're the ones who stuck with it, even if they weren't immediately successful. But the standard is that if you're going to do this, it's going to be quick and it's going to be easy and you're going to be wildly successful immediately. And that's going to transfer over to all the other parts of your life. Like you're going to be a great mom. You're going to be a great uh, partner. Right. And it's like, and all of these things are going to be easy and it's not, it's just not real. Like it sets a standard for ourselves that when it comes to activity, when it comes to willpower, that, that just, it just doesn't even exist. Right. And, and right. people who live like that are machines. I'm like, I have no idea if anybody is actually like that. And first of all, if they are how the rest of their life also looks in conjunction with that, right? If somebody has a perfect business and they're actually performing at this incredibly high level, a lot of times that means the rest of their life is in shambles. Like it, you know, it, it, again, it's not, it's not real. And I could rant about this for a long time, but I also like that they mention here that this can cross over into the way that you work with people within your business too, because a lot of the times this looks like, well, if I, want this done right to my standards, I have to do it myself. I have to do everything. Otherwise it's not going to get done in the way that I expect. Instead of saying, I can accept that people make mistakes. I can accept that things aren't always going to get done to the highest level of perfection possible. And there comes a point in people's businesses. And Megan, you're the, you're the queen of helping people through this, where if you're trying to scale, if you're trying to build something that's big, eventually you cannot and should not do everything yourself. Yeah, no way. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you do, you'll, you'll run yourself into the ground. And that's one of the things I've had to certainly have a learning curve the last year or so is that while I can do things uh, pretty well, you know, I, I put in a lot of reps. I've put in a lot of effort to get good at what it is that I do. Sometimes I have to accept that I can't be the person doing anything. And if I have somebody on my team who's getting independent to do the same thing, like I have to let them make mistakes. I have to let them fail. I have to let them deal with rejection. I have to let them deal with those things. I can't protect them for all of that because otherwise, how are they going to get ever going to get good? How are they right. going to learn? You know? So right. anyway, that was a rant on my part, but I'm sure you have some, something to vocalize about that as well. No, I think it, you're right because um, there's nothing static about running a business and there's nothing static about having a life. Yeah. Like yeah. You're, there's, it's never the same. It's, it, it's constantly in motion and things are changing all the time. And perfection is static. Like perfection is locked in a box inside her, her hermetically sealed capsule, suspended in time, never to change. And so when you think about perfection in that way, man, that is a, that's fucking boring, like boring. It's never going to change and it's not going to grow and adapt and um, sucking at it as part of the process and mistakes are, are sometimes some of our greatest gifts that give us, give us things that are interesting and wonderful and uh, as difficult as it is for me to constantly be <laughs> reminded of that, uh, it's important. I think uh, you learn more from from the missteps and mistakes and you know happy accidents than uh, <laughs> anything else. Anything else, and we just have to be. That is vulnerable. Like that feels really vulnerable for me to say out loud. Um, but I think the other piece of this that I think I've missed a lot of of, of experience in life uh, is that 
authenticity to be imperfect. Yeah. Like to, to be able to show up authentically goofy, weird, terrible dancer, me, <laughs> uh, and just be vulnerable out in the world as, as who I am. And so I think I missed out on a lot of things I would have done and tried if I would have been comfortable knowing that I can do them imperfectly and showing up and not being good at them and showing up and be actually being terrible at them. I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I think that one of the best ways to start breaking this myth in yourself is to do things that you're bad at yep. <laughs> in front of other people. So if, especially as an adult, yeah. right, we don't always have the same resiliency when it comes to our bodies, when it comes to just like learning things quickly and bouncing back. And it's so good for us to do things that we're not immediately good at right? Like, so for, for me right. right now, and I know this is one for you too, I'm trying to learn how to play golf and I am not very good yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very public thing because usually if you're golfing, unless you're in a private lesson, you're out in front of people, you're with a group, they're, they're relying on you to move at a pace to keep the group going. Like you don't want to slow people down, but more than that, I've, I've only been golfing a few times. Okay. It's not like I go all the time. I have a lot of opportunities, but I, I have a little bit of work to do before I can go consistently here, but it is the worst thing in the world when you're golfing with somebody who takes it super seriously, who yeah. demands perfection from themselves because then every time that they don't, every time that they have a a shot that's bad or they miss the ball, then everybody else in the group feels it. And you're like, oh, because you yeah. know that they're not comfortable with making mistakes. Like, right. you know, that they can't laugh at themselves. Like, you right. know, they take things too seriously. <laughs> and that is a sucky person to be around most of the time. So right, you know, I don't mind being around somebody and, and the people I'm with in the same circle, right? nobody minds playing with somebody who's not a great golfer as long as they can laugh at themselves and not take it too seriously. Right. Just take instruction, like take criticism, like take the lessons that come your way and just be okay with being shitty at things. Just right. With, right. It's so good for you. I think that's so great because people want to, people want to, uh, have you, I'm going to generalize this, but it's just like golf. Like people want you to enjoy golf. They love golf. So they want you to enjoy golf. So they're like totally happy to have you be crappy playing golf. Yeah. We just want you to come play golf. Uh, but it's the same thing with everything else. Um, they want you to participate in owning a business. They want you to participate in being, a, being a part of that tribe, right? Like, welcome to the team. It's going to suck. Like, this is going to be yeah. great. <laughs> uh, and, uh, it's exciting and fun. So, um, yeah, just doing it with the expectation that it's going to, you're not going to be great at it, you know? And one of the things I say all the time is when you, uh, when you have are near a baby learning to walk, when that baby takes a step and, uh, sits, falls down, you're not like, what an idiot infant. You're dumb baby. stupid, <laughs> dumb baby. Like you don't do that. <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, you took two steps. It's amazing. Keep going. Next time you can probably make three. Like, uh, I don't know. We're so we as humans, as adults, we are very hard on ourselves, especially if you if you are the myth of perfection. Welcome to my tribe and uh be kinder to yourself. You know, that's the best yeah. best advice I can give for to yeah. myself as well. <laughs> right. And and again, the last thing I'll say about this is that it's also really important to find communities 
where vulnerability is embraced Mm -hmm. as part of the culture. Because if you're only ever part of communities where perfection at the highest level is all that's accepted, then first of all, you're not really going to have deeper authentic relationships with those people, right? Mm -hmm. Because any relationship that's based on a lie isn't a relationship that I want to have. So find, find groups like level up shameless plug where being vulnerable is, is encouraged, right? Cause that's where you build deep relationships with people and that's where you grow together. So, yeah. so that's perfection. So let's talk about logic, logic. Okay. So logic sounds like the myth of logic sounds like it's best to follow my mind and intellect over my body and intuition. It looks like the tendency to choose logic over intuition and decision-making And the main strategy for approval from others here is being smart and credible, but here's the powers you give up your intuition, your imagination, and your empathy. I pride myself on being a very logical thinking person. Yeah, I don't, I agree. I don't think you've given up a lot of your empathy in that, Um, but it's really easy if logic is your highest value that a lot of times then you're not paying attention to um, what you inherently know, right? Your intuition, who it is that you are. And if you're making decisions just based on logic, you're, you're kind of eliminating a key part of the, the conversation here, believe it or not. Right. And like the human experience of uh, feelings, you know, like we ride these waves of feelings all day long and you can't give up on them. You know, I think also sometimes you can, I hate throwing Taylor under the bus all the time, but Taylor does this, (laughs) uh, where you can logic something to death Yes. where you end up like trying to pros and cons and do all of this logic work around a decision. And you get to a point where you have two great decisions, but you can't make one more logical than the other. And at that point, you just need to go, this feels better. And uh, if you get too stuck in logic, you're going to end up doing something that might logically make more sense, but feels real crappy. And, and yeah. you know what, this is actually something you talk about with money decisions when yeah. you're like, uh, this might, this might be a better on paper option, but if it's going to make you feel bad every day to have that high, for me, it was risk in my investments. If it's going to make you real concerned about having this, this section of your investment in super high risk, let's not do it. Like, I don't want to ruin every day of your life because of the risk factor here that felt really bad to me. And so for me, I think that's one thing that uh, you have to be able to understand your intuition and uh, allow that to be chosen over logic sometimes in decision-making. Yeah. And uh, one of the, one of the questions they asked in the assessment about this one specifically that did stand out to me is, do you feel like you have to have a higher level of certification or a higher level of education oh, mm-hmm. to do the things that you want? And although this one was not one of my highest, I identify with that fully because in finance specifically, and a lot of fields like the, and, and maybe Megan, it's like that in coaching as well. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, but a lot of times people hold their certifications. Like it's the only thing that makes a difference. Like your certification, by the way, is just, it's licensing, right? It's studying. So if you go, if you go and get a college degree in something, it gives you a level of education 
but your education in the field makes a lot more difference, right? And so a lot of times, like, and I, I had this feeling implicitly over and over and over and over again, which is I'm not good enough until I know enough, like until I go through, you know, more licensing, more certifications. And I, this is something I still wrestle with today to be kind of vulnerable. Like I am a securities licensed advisor. I, I work really hard. I always act in my client's best interest. And sometimes, even though the level of licensing that I'll get basically this, this week, I'm almost finished up with another set of licensing, gives me the ability to do everything that a CFP, a certified financial planner does. Uh, I still feel like I don't measure up in the marketplace unless I actually have that certification. Hmm. And it doesn't enable me to do any more uh, kinds of business. Like it doesn't, you know, most of my clients have never asked if I'm a CFP. Right? It hasn't ever come up in the conversation, mainly because they don't really know what any of these designations mean, but I still have it in my brain that if I ever want to compete on a high level as a leader within my firm, but also within other firms within the industry as a whole, if I want to ever be respected as an industry leader, if I ever want to do it, because I, I still intend to do um, paid speaking arrangements, I, I like I, engagement that's I want to do a lot of different things. I want to have a podcast, I want to have a course, I want to do all of these different things. And it's just kind of like looming in my brain is like, if I don't do this, then I can't do any of those other things. Has anybody ever told me that? Mm. No, but it feels like I'm not enough. Like I can't measure up. I can't compete unless I have those things in place. So um, that's a, a strategy for feeling like I belong that, you know, I don't know if anybody else is actually holding to me, but it's something that I'm kind of holding to myself, whether or not it's something that really makes a difference or not. I still don't really know. Yeah, I think that's huge for everybody. And I just call it like your permission slip, get the certification. So you have the permission slip to do, to do the work that you you know you can do and sometimes that permission slip is really really important like passing the bar exam or uh like medical school kind of want make sure you get that permission slip that's a real important but then there's other times where uh maybe you don't you don't need the permission slip but if it makes you feel better go get go get it um yeah i think that is a, a logic but it's also uh kind of a safety thing like it's keeping you safe because you can use that as an excuse a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a fear excuse. I think maybe sometimes unnecessarily uh, that we use in our lives. Well, well, I don't have this for me. It was finishing my business degree. I was like, I need to get that done. I've got to get that done. Nobody's going to take me seriously unless I finish business school. And uh, nobody asked me about it. No, nobody ever asks me about right. my coaching certification or my degree ever. And uh, mostly what they want is, can I help them? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, Will I do good business? Yeah. And uh, are they going to be better off for a relationship with me? Yeah. That's what they need to know. And uh, basically what anybody needs to know, a little sales tip of the day, that's all people need to know. And, uh, and you can prove that and that's your permission slip. Uh, But yeah, when you're, when you're, when you're in the myth of logic, mm-hmm. here's one thing I see people like me do with myth of logic. You can over-communicate facts and figures and reasoning and data when people don't need it. Uh, so I, I'm going to take this into my coaching practice really and look at, I would love it if we could get people to take these uh, in like my group programs, have them take this assessment. Yeah. Um, and um 
really dig into the mistakes that they're making, even in their sales process because of it. Uh, Cause that was definitely something I had to overcome in communications with people is they don't need to know all of the dweebus things that I go through. They want to know how to make their lives better. Uh, so Danae knows that I will dig into like deep research on human behavior and success mm-hmm. and like overlay different models of, of how to do things and, and get it out uh, to help me understand how to design teaching and training for my students. But my students don't, don't need all that background history. Yeah. They just need the resulting lessons and how I put them together that way. Uh, so if you, if you suffer from the myth of logic, and I say that intentionally because some, cause I don't feel like I really suffer from it. Yeah. Um, uh, I do suffer in some ways from the myth of perfection. Yeah. Um, but if you are suffering from the myth of, myth of logic, be careful in figuring out what, what is your goal and, and how much logic do you, do you need to apply here? Yeah, I agree. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad we got a chance to talk about these and yeah, some of them show up more for, for us than others. And I think it kind of depends on your personality too, because people who are a little bit more analytical, you know, you mentioned Taylor, my dad is in this category as well. If yeah. you have ever, if you have ever, and I like, we know that some of these things affect men. If you have ever cried uh, at the dinner table because your dad is trying to teach you how to do math, like yeah. <laughs> your dad probably suffers from, from the myth of logic. It's like, no, I want to teach you every little bit about it. It's like, no, I just need to know why this works. Like, please just help me teach it to me in a simple way. I don't need all of the details. Just need so. to solve for eggs. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I, the, the last thing I'll say about the myth of logic is I, I, I'm glad you talked about this. One of these uh, came up for me as well. And that when I was in college, I think this was actually a really big one for me. Um, because when I think about how many times I built my relationships because people thought I was smart and so they'd want me in their groups for projects or things like that. And like, that was where my value was, was that I knew stuff. I was good at getting things done. Mm-hmm. Like that affected me for a long time after that. Cause after that people started liking me cause I was hot, you know, what a personality switch. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I like you because you're both smart and hot. Yeah, my my glowing personality, man. It's the combination of all of them. So anyway, uh, if this is if these are some of your myths or you think they might be, take the assessment and uh, and find out. And then also tune in uh, to the next episode where we talk about the myth of harmony and the myth of sacrifice. These are two of uh, these are actually my top two. So I'm excited to to dive in more. Great, I can't wait to hear about it. Hey guys, we really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And what we really need is for you to like, subscribe, comment, share, and let us know what you think and share it with everybody that you want to help level up their life too. So until the next episode, thanks.